It is the most direct version of the consent of the people because it's the literal consent of the actual people being ruled. But larger states can't do this. This is the Illegitimate Scholar Podcast, where you get an understanding of our culture that isn't limited by neoliberal woke universities. I'm Sam, and I'm here to speak to you, the person that wants to be informed and involved with your culture and community. I quit my teaching program so that I could do this podcast and talk about what you want to hear, not what has been selected for me to teach. Today, does voting work? How would we know if it's working? Does voting actually result in the policies we want being put into place? You should know how to participate in your community, so you should know what effect voting has. This episode will help you understand that, and you will be better prepared and informed to participate in our society. Okay, so what happens when you vote? You ideally beforehand decide on whose views you like the most between the candidates. You eventually go to the polls. You cast a ballot for whoever you want to vote for, for whatever race it is. And after that, your candidate might get elected or your candidate might not get elected. But if your candidate does get elected, is democracy really working for you? If you take all of the different races in all of the different states, counties, local, federal, all of them, and average them out, then you would expect to get a pretty good representation of people's views if people's votes actually resulted in people getting their views put in place. We don't know if that's true or not. There's a Princeton study from 2014. I'm just going to read this this specific quote, I think, from the, from the very beginning. Multivariate analysis indicates that economic elites and organized groups representing business interests have substantial independent impacts on U.S. government policy, while average citizens and mass-based interest groups have little or no independent influence. The results provide substantial support for theories of economic elite domination and for theories of biased pluralism. So I'm going to break that down. Okay, multivariate analysis, that's the metric these smart PhDs have done. The details are going to be in the link if you'd like to poke holes in the study for some reason. Economic elites and organized groups represent interests have substantial independent impacts on U.S. government policies. The preferences of the economic elites, the very rich people, and organized groups representing business interests, those are like, those are the lobbyists and the super PACs, they have substantial impact on U.S. government policy. This means that when they want a bill made into law, it probably will be made into law. And the higher percentage of the economic elites and the groups representing business interests want a law put into place, the more likely it is that it will be put into place. Now, it also says that average citizens and mass-based interest groups, so those are going to be individual, everyday people, and mass-based interest groups, which are going to be like groups made up of individuals that want to push some specific policy, likely for some moral reason. These two groups have little or no impact on U.S. government policy. So that means is that the preference of the average citizen or the NGO, the non-government organization that is represents like a group of people rather than business interests, they have very little impact on what policies get put into place. And then the last line, the results provide substantial support for theories of economic elite domination and theories of biased pluralism. Now, I don't know what biased pluralism is. I didn't read that part of the article, but I know what economic elite domination is. And that is when the government of a place 
economic elite domination is when the government of a country is run by the richest people in that country. You know, you might call that an oligarchy or something. You know, it's interesting. We call the oligarchs in Russia oligarchs, but we call people like Jeff Bezos billionaires. And I'm not really sure what the difference is. I'm trying to figure it out. I would like someone to actually try to give me a a rational explanation because it seems like there's not really a reason besides that they're Russian and our billionaires are American. Because they have the same type of influence, especially given, you know, these findings in, in this study. So the elites have influence, the people do not, you know. And if the people don't have any influence, what does that make voting? We know that we vote. We know that, like, if we vote, our candidate might get elected. But if that doesn't result in our actual policies that we want being put into place, then what the fuck are we doing? What's the point? How does that benefit us? Is that really a win? Is that really democracy working if it doesn't represent the will of the people? And I'm sure that people will argue with me and tell me that, well, the people don't always know what's best. I agree with you, but at the point where the people's preference doesn't go in at all, and like the preferences for something like the majority of Americans, it's like 70% or something. I Don't quote me on that, but it is the majority of Americans and close to a majority of Republicans believe in universal health care. And we don't fucking have it, not even close. And that's because of the influence of the insurance companies, which is what this study found about those kind of groups in general, maybe not specifically, but in general. So at that point, you're voting for a candidate and and nothing happens when they get elected. It's like a like one of those close elevator door buttons you go in and it's not even fucking wired in you press it and it doesn't matter you keep pressing it eventually it closes but it has nothing to do with you pushing the button like your views might get represented in policy but there's there's no statistical relation between the views of the average person and what views get put into place so you you keep pressing that elevator door close button eventually you're going to hit it and it's going to close you might sit there thinking yeah i did that i voted but you didn't do shit it just happened to be that the economic elites agreed with you it wasn't because you pushed the button it was because the the elevator gods decided to close the door when they did it's like backseat driving one of those one of those steering wheels you give to little babies they're sitting in the back Playing with the steering wheel, they think they're driving this fucking two-ton car, and mom's up front like, ah, you dumb little bastard. And, he's, and she's driving, and, and he's in the background, little baby, little dumb baby, turn the steering wheel. You're not steering the car. You're not. It's like your older brother, your older brother giving you a controller for the GameCube or the Xbox or whatever. They're giving you the controller, so you think that you're playing the game, but you're not fucking playing the game. This shit's not even plugged in. So people's votes do not result in the policies they want being enacted. So what does voting do? If a candidate gets the most votes, as long as there's no election fraud, then that candidate is put in place. And that makes people feel comfortable. It makes people think that the system is working. But at its base level, I think most people would agree that what really matters is getting your views represented. So what does voting do then? And why doesn't voting result in our views being represented? I'm going to start with the what. So Here's another way of thinking about voting. Voting not as deciding the policies of the representatives of a country, but voting as a legitimizer of the government. What I mean by legitimizer is it is what makes the government legitimate in the eyes of the people. What what makes it the government that is in control of the land? They're viewed as the 
power in that region, which usually means that they have a monopoly on force, which means that they are the ones who are permitted to use violence to decide the punishment for crimes, to decide taxes, all these things. So the legitimacy in this case of the government is based on voting, but it hasn't always been that way. In the past, there was other things, other, other ways that the government legitimized its power. And two examples of this are the mandate of heaven, which was the right of kings given to them by the heavens in ancient China, and the divine right of kings, which is similar in Europe that they had that legitimized the power of monarchs. So these were people who they were like, well, I'm in charge here. I've got this big castle. I have these nice clothes. I have all these men that follow me around. So God obviously put me here since God decides what happens. In the European case, it was based on Christianity. There's this one God, and we're going to follow this king because there's one king, and the God chose the king to rule us. If God didn't choose him, he wouldn't be there. Why else was I born a peasant? And that was how they legitimized their authority, through God, and they used religion for it. And then big men. I want to talk about big men. Big men are, they're, they're called sachems, sachems in Northeast Native Americans, a lot of them, at least Algonquins. These are mostly in hunter-gatherer peoples. Big men are leaders of a community that lead based on just others agreeing to follow them. The criteria for leadership is whatever traits were valued that the big man has that make people want to follow him. He could be a good war leader, or maybe a good farmer. It just depends on what that society values, what their culture values. His position can be challenged and people can just leave their society in this case. Um, his legitimacy comes from people simply making the choice to follow him. That's, it's very direct. This only works here because it's a low-density community where everyone knows each other. It's a small band of people. It's not even a few thousand. It's, it's maybe a few family groups. There's too many people for everyone to know each other. 350 million people in America. It requires a complex system of government. Voting, voting, mandate of heaven, divine right of kings. These are all ways of legitimizing, which is making legitimate in the eyes of the people, the right of the government to rule over the people. All of these ways that the government legitimize itself, they are culturally informed. They make sense in the culture that they participate in. Divine right of kings made sense in religious Europe. Today, like I said, getting votes legitimizes a candidate. Getting votes from people. That's why there's election fraud accusations on both sides, because if an election is not legitimate, then the elected official is not legitimate. If people think that they weren't voted for, if that they didn't get the actual votes, then that means they do not have the right to be the leader, because that's how we legitimize candidates. It'd be the same thing like if people thought that the king had lost the divine right of kings for some reason, then they would think that it was a legitimate reason to get rid of them. So how convenient if the government can legitimize itself with voting while not representing the people's actual views. They can appear to be following the will of the people because they are going with the candidate that got the most votes, but they're not actually putting any policies into place so it doesn't do anything for you, but it pacifies you. And some people will jump in and say, oh, but your candidate is getting elected. But like, so what? You voted for the candidate. It's, it's kind of a scam if it doesn't actually result in the policies you want getting put in place. So, like, I think I have a right to complain about it. I think people should talk about it if they actually care about voting and care about our democratic republic. And, and the election fraud stuff, I don't know. 
I'm going to piss off a lot of people on both sides saying it, but I don't know if there was election fraud in 2016 or 2020. I have no idea. I don't really care. I don't care because it doesn't have any actual effects on what policies are put into place. If you really don't think Republicans and Democrats are that different, then election fraud between the two of them doesn't really matter. Because those votes, they served to legitimize the government. And the fact that people do vote, the fact that people do participate in it, is what gives it legitimacy. Because, yes, the candidate that gets the most votes is legitimized, but we have relatively high voter turnout, and it's actually going up. People have been convinced that they need to vote. Even though it doesn't change anything, they have to vote. You have to vote. If you're blue, you got to vote blue no matter who because the Trump MAGA fascists are going to come and they're and they're going to they're going to kill all the illegal immigrants and they're putting them in concentration camps that Biden totally closed and didn't also have people in and no one talked about it and on the other side they're like wow the blue communists they're going to take your kids and they're going to make every single one of them trans and they're going to inject them with 5G and you don't want that and they're like you got to vote red people didn't participate in the vote and I'm not advocating for you not to vote but it's worth a it's honestly worth a discussion. If enough people didn't vote, the government would have no legitimacy. You know, one candidate could get 60% of the vote and the other one get 40. But if the voter turnout is 30%, much less than half of the people participated in that vote. So that vote doesn't matter. You know, if the people in charge, they want to legitimize their rule, they have to get enough people to vote. If enough people don't vote, then they're no longer legitimized because it shows that people have no faith in the system to participate in it because they don't think it matters. So they need you to think that voting matters when really they know that it doesn't. They know that it doesn't. They don't care. It's a job. They're getting out of here with hundreds of millions of dollars for being in Congress when their salary was a few hundred thousand. In Puerto Rico, 97% of people voted in favor of a referendum for statehood but less than 25% voted in the referendum. You can't do anything with that. There's corruption on the path to the candidacy. This is uh, where those economic elites we were talking about earlier come back in. The actual election itself, like the, the election the, that the government runs, that one's probably legit. I mean, I think it probably is in most cases. I don't spend time worrying about it one way or the other. I'm assuming that the actual election is legit. But the political parties... The two main political parties that run American politics, and most people, almost all people, don't view third parties as an option, those are private. Those are private NGOs. They're non-governmental organizations. And they have their own interests. Those people have their own interests. And they're not subject to public scrutiny. They don't have to have a legit election with poll takers and everything. They can make their own fucking rules because they're private. I don't know if I think that the laws should be changed to make this not happen, but I do think they should be considered to be very important to our republic because they're massive social institutions that are integral to our nation. I think that people should hold the political parties to a higher standard. They should hold them accountable more. And that would mean not voting for Biden or Hillary Clinton after Bernie Sanders gets screwed over. You know, I, I'm not saying how I feel about Bernie one way or the other, but People know that there were these super delegates that were put in and 
situations like in Iowa in 2016 where Bernie got the most votes but not the most delegates in this thing because they they have these weird rules where they can like where they where they can make the delegates go to a specific candidate and they did that to fuck with Bernie there was collusion to make Bernie make sure Bernie didn't get the candidacy and then you know you get to the presidential election and there's two people that most Americans don't fucking like and then you're voting for the lesser of two evils and they're legitimized because people participated in any way and they elect one of them and a majority of people participate in that election. There's also, you know, there's other wings of this. The mainstream media, a lot of these news organizations, they're owned by the economic elites, these same economic elites. This is one of the vehicles where they are able to control the flow of information and to make it so that they have an influence on U.S. government policy while regular average people don't. So people like Bezos owns the Washington Post. Elon Musk bought Twitter. That's intentional. I don't, I don't know if Twitter will be profitable, but it will serve him to push his own views and help his other companies. He'll use that. That's what they buy it for. All these people do that. All the rich people buy media outlets. That's how they screwed over candidates they didn't want, like Tulsi Gabbard. Anybody that's unfriendly to their economic interests, Tulsi Gabbard, Bernie Sanders, is going to get attacked by these corporations that hold so much power. And the public schools. Public schools are funded by the taxpayer, which, you know, in theory, that would mean that they're serving the people. But in practice, they serve the government, which, again, in theory, serves the people. But in practice... Not really. So the public schools are funded by taxpayers. They, and then the government educates students in a way that preserves the status quo. And this is natural because public schools are an institution of the government. So it makes sense that they would promote themselves. But these laws are built into them because they're written by people who work in government and work in these public institutions. No one is going to give you the education you need to overthrow them. That's a quote by some radical person I don't remember who but nobody they're not going to educate you in anti-government stuff they're going to educate you in how the government works and how you participate in it's perpetuating itself the organization is perpetuating itself and the public school curriculum is created in part through the influence of the economic elites that are at the top of organizations like the Department of Education State Departments of Education and even school, even down to school administrators, they're at the bottom rung of economic elites and they're serving the interest of the economic elites. So when you think about voting, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a situation where you vote for a representative and they don't do what you want? They're just not going to. Or would you rather have a situation where you don't have a vote at all? You know, there's no pretext. There's no vote for you. But the government does follow your interests at least more than they did in the situation where you voted. I know what I want, but it's not all bad. Your vote doesn't matter. The situation is what it is. Now you just know about it. It'd be that way whether you did or not. If you want to use this information to be a better member of your community, just do things locally. Don't worry about the national and state races. Donate your time in your own community. There's plenty of charities with amazing people that do amazing work wherever you live. You just have to seek them out. Do something you know has an immediate impact right where you live and don't worry about the national politics because you and everyone you know can't affect it. If you want to be a part of this conversation and share your own thoughts, please join the Discord. 
You learn more if you use the information. You don't need a college degree or any sort of knowledge to participate in this discussion because the topic is humans and you are human. So join us no matter what and share what you have to say.